Chuck and Julie, bringing you the truth straight up. I'm Julie Hagan. I'm working at... An Emmy-winning former investigative reporter, a highly successful trial attorney, and publisher of a major Denver-area newspaper. They've been partners as talk show hosts and in marriage as parents for over 10 years, providing thought-provoking information, opinion, and entertainment live, local, and interactive. Everyone's voice is always welcome on The Chuck and Julie Show. Well, hello, everyone, with my flag drop. Backdrop is Chuck Bonnywell, Julie Hayden, True Straight Up, brought to you by... AmericanCitizenPress.com and Dr. Julie McAllen. Welcome to the Chuck and Julie Show. Chuck, reporting in live, doing the show live from the world headquarters of the Glendale Cherry Creek Chronicle. Goes to the printer tomorrow um, and then hits the streets. Um, so he's got a lot of work to do. I'm holding the fort down here. Um, Chuck, what? You, you've got Jules Gray, the CD8 GOP, one of the CD8 GOP candidates coming up at 3.30. It'll be good to talk to her. Um, Chuck wanted to talk about also scratch a liberal and you'll find a fascist, which is true, but wanted to start out guys, the CDC, once again, leading from behind Chuck, you'll be glad to know that while you were busy at work at the paper, the COVID crisis ended just, just boom like that. According to the CDC, it is no longer a crisis. Although we still have to wear masks. We still have to get vaccines. They're still working on that booster shot for the kids, even though they, they pulled their wanting to talk about it. And even though they are pulling some of the vaccines from India because they can't pass the safety test, but here in the good old United States of America, the CDC says what everyone else has abandoned um, that every, all these mask mandates still have to uh, stay in effect. It's, it's What's just the ridiculous. difference between a crisis and not a crisis? Well, Chuck, that's not clear. That's not clear. The polling, though, hopefully we'll sort that out. But Thomas, if we could please play, I'll, I'll give you the announcement yourself. This is from the White House COVID Task Force earlier this afternoon. If we could please play the COVID Today soundbite. As a result of all this progress and the tools we now have, we're moving toward a time when COVID isn't a crisis, but is something we can protect against and treat. The president and our COVID team are actively planning for this future. As we look forward, we'll continue to enhance the powerful set of tools that we have at our disposal. Vaccines, booster shots, tech. All the tests, all the booster shots. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Well, they even said treatments. Wow. I've well, never heard him say that before. Well, uh, the, uh, which treatment, Chuck? Only the uh, state-sponsored treatments are the yeah, ones the that you're pills that, that, that Pfizer will give us, yeah. Right. Now, let's kind of back up a little bit, because I did a little bit of background research. Um, it was just two months ago today, basically, that Joe Biden told us we were all going to die. If we could please play the Biden sound by Thomas. For unvaccinated... We are looking at a winter of severe illness and death for unvaccinated for themselves, their families, and the hospitals they'll soon overwhelm. But there's good news. If you're vaccinated, you have your booster shot, you're protected from severe illness and death, period. Number two, booster shots work. Three, boosters are free, safe, and convenient. About 60 million people have one, have been boosted. So go get your shot today. Go get <laughs> or not, or not, since the crisis is over. I mean, let's go over the things that none of that turned out to be true, right? Number one, hospitals weren't overwhelmed. Number two, the booster shots did not seem to be working. The vaccines did not seem to be working. Um, in fact, there are increasing numbers of uh, reports of adverse effects that they're doing everything they can yeah, to hide. Not safe, as he said. I, right, I yeah. guess they're free, but that's not the only part. Well, they're not free. Our tax dollars are paying for them, right? It's yeah. like nothing things free. So it's it's just ridiculous. They're so far behind because I also did in my research, it was on December 14th, Chuck, that Jared Polis said the COVID emergency is over, right? Shortly followed by Democrat states in the past couple of months and recent weeks, Democrat governors, including Mayor Hancock, have all gotten rid of masks, have all gotten rid of vaccine passports, are all getting rid of their mandates. The courts are throwing out the mandates. 
What do you, I mean, I know, I mean, that's clearly the science has not changed. If you look at some of the raw numbers in the research I did, they're not really that much different case reports are going down, but remember they quit, they quit getting, they quit testing everybody. Right. Right, right. I mean, so that's only to be expected deaths and things like that are going down, but again, they quit, they changed their definition of somebody who has who died from COVID as opposed to with COVID. They changed the hospitalization reporting rules. In fact, the hospitals aren't even required to report anymore. So the science didn't change, I don't think, but it's clear, I, I think like everybody else said, the political science is what changed. Yeah, and I'm waiting for the final analysis of the mortality rates in 2019 and 2018 compared to 21 and 22. And if they are exactly the same or almost the same, uh, they will know the whole thing was a fraud from the beginning, that all we had was was a contagious flu like they have every year that kills old people. Um, and that's what I'm waiting for. You know, who knows it'll ever get well, out. Well, like, we'll that, find out where COVID came from. You know, not Wuhan, we know, and not the Chinese. Oh, that's misinformation, Chuck. This is yeah. from Leo. Jeffco is now open after the health director quit. Uh, that's true, Leo, although I don't think quit is probably not the operative. Forced to resign, I think. Forced is to more- resign, and then the board met a few days later and lifted all the mandates. And lifted all the mandates. But Chuck, uh, there's so- one thing that I want to just point out too, though, in terms of the deaths. I mean, we do have these insurance CEOs, back to when Joe Biden assured us that this is all safe, right? We do have the insurance CEOs saying that there are, has been a significant, like 40% increase in the deaths of 18 to 65-year-olds. Now, you're right. Is that in the end going to be bigger, I mean, a significant increase in the overall death rate or, and, and well, by believe, the way, deaths that were not that from one. COVID. I, I would think the COVID shots have killed people. I mean, normally, you know, when you get these vaccines, they take, you know, a half decade for right. testing and everything else. Here, they just brought them out at first, understandably, because they wanted to get something. Uh, but now you, you would think uh, since one, you're, you're uh, two-step on and booster um, are, are really wearing out, so they're no good to you anyway. Uh, why would you want to get them if, if you're going to get myocarditis or everything else? I mean, you know, God I knows was- why you'd abuse your children and shoot them up. That's what I was. I was getting my hair cut yesterday. And one of the ladies there was talking about she has a 15 year old son who's been perfectly healthy all of his life. All of a sudden, though, has been in the hospital with somewhat they're calling a mystery virus that they can't identify. He's been on a respirator. He's had to have feeding tubes and they can't figure out what's wrong with him. And then she said, and he's triple vaxxed and boosted. Yeah. And I was just like. Huh. You know, huh. What's changed with these pictures? Um, This is also from Leo and the death rate. It's higher than the five year death average, but will most likely be lower in the next few years because it called the week. Well, yeah, you know, anymore, I'm just so suspicious of any of the numbers. Right. You got to wonder who's counting them. You know, are they going to my guess is if it looks like the vaccines are killing people, they're going to change the definition of death. Right. It's like yeah, not right. dead yet. It's going to be a Monty really Python. There's not, not dead yet. Not dead yet. He's just sleeping. He's resting. That's all. That's all. They're resting there. Um, I, I, I also wonder whether it's the polls. But but again, as more information starts to come in, you know, like I said, I think it's interesting that the I think it was Pfizer. They pulled one of the pharmaceutical companies anyway. Way. India said, well, we won't let you be giving the vaccines until we can see all your test results and everything. And they said, okay, never mind. Yeah, right? The oh, FDA said, oh, yeah. Yeah. The FDA was like, okay, you know, we were going to approve the vaccine for toddlers, but we've decided we need more information on that. And, I and what want- did the Chinese know as their 1.6 billion people, not one vaccine shot, not one. Right. Right. And this is also from Leo. That's right, Leo. It's going to be a vaccine nap. He's just napping. He's just resting. Not dead yet. I mean, you got to really wonder um, if there is other information coming in that they know that we don't know, you know, that they're like, OK, we just all need to move on from this. Um, I. What do you think, though? I don't think it's going to help. I think it's going to be too little, too late, at least with COVID. I don't think because people have been annoyed too much. People get that it was their local governments that were the ones that released the mandates, not Biden, that he hasn't done anything. I mean, they've quit talking about vaccines and boosters and things like that for the most part anymore. Um, Do you think this is going to help turn his numbers around? I don't think anything is going to help. 
turn the numbers around. If inflation is continuing at its unabated thing, if, if gas prices continue to skyrocket, which will reverberate in, in even higher inflation months out, it's, it's uh, who knows, the mainstream media or the corporate media um, will try everything, but th their audience is decreasing. And now the conservative media reaches more people than the left-wing media does. So it's, it's a real turnaround. Well, and you know, and speaking to that, I want to bring up a couple of just censorship things. It's kind of interesting. Um, the uh, CEO of YouTube, who has been saying this for a while, it's one of the reasons we got kicked off YouTube. They want to get rid of what they call unauthorized, unauthorized, um, unauthorized creative content. Okay. Right. If you're making, she was saying, if you're making music or if you're making, I don't know, whatever, you know, like maybe a gamer video, that's one thing. But she said, people who are putting out essentially information who are unauthorized, right. now, never explain right they're, they're cracking down on those and she's talking about they're going to continue cracking down on those i think that what's going on here is so you've got the department of justice calling misinformation domestic terrorism um i think that that's all they're all kind of in cahoots this gives the youtube people the twitter people uh the facebook people the google search people um sort of an excuse to go ahead and start cracking down on anything that does not fit their particular narrative um and say well it's dangerous like they said our information was dangerous that's why we we're pulled off we're putting out def um, dangerous misinformation all of which by the way is now admittedly even by the cdc correct um, so, you know, misinformation, what's today's information is tomorrow's fact. Um, but I think that that's only going to get worse. Um, and I think, you know, we saw Twitter. So they said that they censored and they closed down and they put it back up. It was an account. Some guy had like 320, 400,000 followers and all what this guy did, which is pretty clever. He would put, it was the uh, defiant something, defiant something, but he would put, or she would put like, you'd have like Trudeau saying, we must have freedom. Freedom is really important. And then like, you know, from two years ago, and then today's Trudeau quote saying, we hate freedom. Freedom is bad. Freedom is domestic terrorism. And they were just juxtaposed. Yeah. And because it was the liberals, I don't, the liberals were the ones that were doing this. Right. And so Twitter just banned the account on the basis of misinformation. Now, how can it be misinformation? He's just putting his actual quotes from people. Right. But again, uh, yeah, they don't but it, it it's all context, you know, it's, right. it's in the context um, putting out things. This is from Jim. Wouldn't it make sense for the CDC to accumulate data much the same they would if they were running trials since it was an emergency measure? It wouldn't make sense. But remember, in the initial test, Jim, they were starting to do the trials and then they quit. They just said, oh, forget it. So I, they, they don't want to have that's like, I think, as I've said before, why they want us all vaccinated, because they don't right. want to have a control group out there. Right. Um, oh, we've got a phone call. We got Sherry from Lakewood. Hey, Sherry. Thank you for calling Hi. in. Welcome to the Chuck and Julie show. Hi. Thank you. I wanted to um, bring up Dr. Zelenko, um, and he asked a great question of why was hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin immediately vilified and suppressed and the access was blocked, and he says the answer came from New South Wales in Australia, and any doctor that prescribed them um, they were going to go to jail for six months. And then the government there tells us why. It's because it encourages vaccine hesitancy. Uh -huh. So, yes, they work, but then people will choose to use those and not get a vaccine. So that prevents the deep state and big pharma from making hundreds of billions from the injections and then subsequent right. treatment for the illnesses that are caused by the injections. So these injections are the, what's causing the real damage to people's health with blood clots, and now you're seeing veins, and um, it, it's it's really bad, and it, it's so sinister because this is a choice. You're making a choice to let someone give you this jab and to jab your children once, twice, right. three times, four times, and it's it's. AIDS, what is AIDS? It's acquired immunodeficiency syndrome. And now they're starting to say that you're seeing people, you, you should test for AIDS if you got a vaccination. 
and, and it's well, like, yeah. You're right. I mean, we don't know, Sherry. And you know what's interesting? I, you know, I don't know if you saw the Project Veritas recent video where they had a head FDA guy saying that the whole plan was to make people get booster shots basically every year and to make the COVID vaccine become part of the shots that kids have to get before they go to school. All of that, right? Millions of millions, billions of dollars. Um, and then they ran into the problem, of course, that the vaccines don't work. And I think at first they thought that they could convince everybody they have to get the boosters but then it was clear the boosters don't work. But you're absolutely right. There was a plan for us to get this vaccine and then to keep getting the vaccine. Um, Only I think that what's happening now is way worse, I think is going to be shown, if we can ever get to the truth, than what they ever predicted that, like you said, it's causing a lot of other problems and it's not fixing the problem it was designed to, to solve. No, and you brought up last week, uh, Karen's article was great on control. And that's the thing. We're God's children. The one thing that they can't take away is free will, right? And that's Mm -hmm. what they want to control is free will. And how awful is this? Our free will, we took it, people took this with their free will. They gave it to their children with their free will. And now you're going to start seeing some crazy mad people when they find out what's been done to them. I agree. I agree. Hey, Sherry, thank you for calling. You keep a good, you keep uh-huh, a good track of all the stuff out there. Thank you. And this from Leo about the, you know, them banning it. It's also because it's cheap generic drugs, you know, vitamin D, zinc. I don't want zinc. They don't want people taking that. You can get that at, you know, at, at the grocery store, basically. They, you need to pay and have giant government contracts because Chuck, how much better is that, right? Rather than making me pay to get a vaccine, if you just can get the government to give you billions of dollars to give them the vaccines for free, you don't even have to worry about people taking them anymore. You've already sold it. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, great, it's a great scam. But I think people are starting, I, I mean, what is left of CDC credibility? Oh. Two years ago, They'd say, you know, the CDC recommends A. Everybody, well, you know, that's the best medicine. We, right. ought, to, we ought to follow CDC. We've got to do it. Today, the <laughs> CDC says A. You kind of go, well, we don't do A. That's, you know, that's probably six months old and terrible advice. And I mean, the, 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 I wrote an editorial today on, on the death of the Colorado uh, public health tyrants. Um, yeah. Uh, the, the one for Arapaho and Tri-State and the, all that. The Tri-County. Mm-hmm. Tri-County, uh, Jefferson. And they all got fired. They all destroyed their departments because um, they refused uh, to listen to the public or anyone else. And it is just amazing. And the CDC is the same way. If somebody could fire the CDC, they would. Right. Well, but yeah, yeah. I think, you know, Fauci will be gone pretty quick. And it's just silly. I mean, you know, there was a time when the CDC there, were, everybody covered it, everybody hung on their words. I mean, it took a while. I first saw this. And then you look at the major news sites. I saw this at a tweet, right? Somebody was tweeting the soundbite that we played. And then I looked on the major news sites. It wasn't even up yet. It's like nobody, you know, nobody cares what the CDC says. Um, well, let me switch gears a little bit because you wanted to talk about this is one of your favorite topics, you know, scratch a liberal and you'll find a fascist. And on that, too, you're being proved correct. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. Uh, rack it up to uh, um, Chuck is right again is my was my uh, supposition contrary to yours that that uh, uh, Trudeau would squash yeah. anything he could. Um, and so he quickly came out and and uh, martial law, if you won't cooperate, he'll even jail you if you're a tow company and you won't tow the trucks. I mean, he has gone full fascist. But but it's interesting. During, during the 30s, you know, you could see Mussolini with his jaw stuck out or, or Francisco Franco um, or e- even Adolf Hitler, you know, very macho. Very uh, aggressive, kind of. Yeah, openly uh, aggressive. Now it comes in the most effeminate of ones. I mean, Macron is 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 you know, is is his wife is older than his mother, um, and and uh, Trudeau is is just they all say it in, in in the most kind of work. Well, you know, we've got to protect everybody, and and therefore we're going to arrest and execute all of you. Uh, you said you had one. You saw some of the conservative mama 
uh, says, oh, yes, hi. we got to get that one. I know. Anyway, so, so, folks, if you it's somewhere on Twitter, the conservative mama based out of Colorado Springs, she makes she's just hilarious. And she was she was wearing a very bad costume to be Justin Trudeau. And she was saying, I talk quietly like this because I'm a fascist. And it's like, <laughs> it's like I use a soft tone because I'm a fascist. (laughs) (laughs) Like somehow we're not going to notice he's a fascist. Well, yeah, I don't know what's going on in Canada and I don't follow Canadian politics enough to know. um, But it it seems like even though he's cracking down on all of the truckers, meanwhile, everyone else is lifting all of the mandates. So in a way, you know, I'm not sure who really won that one. And I'm not sure how how much of a hit Trudeau's reputation might be taking. on. Well, nationally, uh, you know, in Canada, who knows, because it has about as free oppress yeah. as as uh, the old Soviet Union. Um, but certainly internationally, Trudeau is no longer viewed as the wonderful little um, Justin Trudeau. I mean, he really is a despicable, cowardly human being. Right. And this is from Jim Jackson. Most of Roosevelt's New Deal emulated Mussolini's programs. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good point. Um, so it's, it's just all across now, the fascists are coming up. And as long as they don't shout and scream and, and do other things, and they seem effeminate, like, oh, that can't be bad. Gee, you know, so they close down all of France. So they, the truckers aren't delivering anything. I mean, it, it really has gotten to the point that, that, you know, liberal democracies have become just fascist states. And that's certainly the case in Australia where they have quarantine camps and everything else. Although they're getting deals. all of those pretty quick here too. All I read today, they are getting rid of all of their COVID restrictions. Just a couple more comments. Yeah, Charlene saw conservative mama was hilarious, mimicking Trudeau. Um, Dr. Donna said she watched the back and forth in parliament. They really go to town there and do not hesitate to get excited. Um, yeah, you're pretty soon you got to wonder, is Trudeau going to crack down on that? Is he going to say there can't be any more parliament if they don't agree with him? Well, yeah, well, probably. I mean, given the fact that the Conservative Party has has been a handmaiden for Trudeau, I mean, they really they really have not opposed him. They said, you know, the trucker strike is awful. Even the uh, Socialist Party in Canada, the New Democratic Party, um, they all have backed Trudeau as, you know, crack down on those workers. We hate those people. I mean, you yeah, know, well, they're, yeah. they're not... Pesky. Uh, those pesky gurgles. Well, on one other topic too, Chuck, and we can go back to this if you want, but you'll be glad to know that actually Hillary Clinton says the whole Durham thing is just Fox News putting up a fake scandal. It's just fake news, fake news. Um, it's just, and it's all just Fox spinning it. Um, so, oh, so Durham doesn't really exist. He's just a, 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 a kind of a figment sort of, of Tucker Carlson's imagination. Fox News. Right, right. Um, and in the meantime, though, this came out, too, that Mark Elias, sort of the mastermind behind, I think, the whole spy gate, uh, the mastermind between the January 6th insurrection hoax. Um, go figure. He's on the board of directors for Black Lives Matter, that organization that is somehow misplaced uh, $60 million. Well, I so- bet you that some of that uh, figured down to uh, Mark Elias. And yeah. Oh, group. yeah. You know, I don't think here's what with the the Durham thing. I mean, we I couldn't find the you wanted to play it too. All of the 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 sound of the past few years of the mainstream media when you know when Trump said he was being spied on, they're like, that's a lie, it's a lie. There was no spying, there was no spying. And of course, now we know once again it's all true. Um, And none of them, of course, have come out and said it. None of them have said, oh, I guess we had it wrong. Um, The Wall Street Journal came out, but they're kind of and said, well, it's it's true. Trump was right. He was indeed spied on. They're just ignoring it, except for Hillary saying, well, it's just not true. Um, But I got it. I still wonder whether this will pit Hillary Clinton and Obama against each other as more stuff comes out. I mean, Mark Elias has already talked to the grand jury. You got to wonder if Hillary Clinton's going to say, well, you know, we were just doing our campaign stuff, all that deep state stuff. That's Obama. Or if Obama's going to throw Hillary under the truck or boss, or what do you think? I don't know. Maybe if they don't hang together, they'll hang separately. Um, it's, it's, it depends on, you know, if, if they bring some conspiracy charges and, start tacking on these huge sentences to, to uh, purported crimes or real crimes. Uh, I, I think, you know, the mafia only broke Omarte when they said, well, 
you'll get life and you'll get life and you'll get, and oh, I'll talk, I'll talk. Right, um, right. And well, so you got you, you got to wonder. I'd be curious how what what Mark Elias. Well, of course, we won't know for a while. Said to the grand jury, but anyway. So Hillary Clinton finally talking, which is interesting. If I were Hillary Clinton, I would have just ignored this. I would have just kept ignoring it. But you know, she's walking into restaurants and she's got Daily Mail reporters shouting questions at her. Um, and as you have pointed out, there are now more people watching the conservative media organizations, particularly Fox, that are reporting on this than are watching CNN, maybe not ABC, but CNN, MSNBC, who are not touching it at all. So I think what's flipped is before there were more people hearing the fake version of the Russia hoax, right? The, the, the hoax portion. And now that's turned around. Now you're hearing more people hear what I believe is the truth about Spygate than who are not hearing about it. Don't you think? Well, it used to be a lot of people got their, their news from the, uh, you know, five o'clock, six o'clock, seven o'clock uh, channels, national one and local ones. And now very few people get their news from that. Um, and very few people, you know, take the Denver Post um, and all their other outlets of enormously shrunk. And that leaves them with MSNBC and, and CNN and both are in total turmoil. Yeah. This is from Charlene. Charlene, I know you're skeptical, too. It's just just odd that it took Durham so long to discover this information. It's like, hmm. um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, on hopeful days, I think that Durham is going to at least get to the bottom of it and through court filings expose at least the fact of it. Um, I am not even on my most hopeful days too hopeful that probably the key people who had to have come up with this are going to end up being charged with felonies. I mean, I have a hard time thinking that the, that Sussman, um, you, you know, said, oh, I thought of this whole Alpha Bank thing scam myself. And then I somehow conned this other guy, Joffe, to um, infiltrate the White House servers. I mean, I have a hard time thinking, how do you infiltrate the White House servers without you'd think that they would have some kind of beep or something would go off if someone's infiltrating. Well, their they said servers. one person said, I think it's Pashtal said that you couldn't do it unless the NSA was right. cooperating. Right, right, yeah. and I'm sure the NSA is going to ask the Obama administration and those people too. Hey, this is all cool with you guys, right? <laughs> you know, um, because they would need to know. Well, maybe not, but but I think you're right. I mean, if our computer system is so bad that some students at Georgia Tech could infiltrate it without them having any clue that it was going on. I mean, I just don't believe that, but I don't know. Is it going to be like Kleinsmith, right, who they they indicted for lying on the FISA warrant? I suspect that Kleinsmith did Which apparently is, is, is not a problem because he got just a suspended sentence and got his law license back. I mean, no problem there. Right. Um, that, that's it. This isn't from Dr. Donna. It'll probably be in my retirement rocker by the time this resolves, if at all. Um, this, I, Charlene, I kind of agree with you here on this. Hillary could be making a play for Biden's spot and is getting pushed back down by the way of the scandal. I kind of think that that might be a part in it, because here's my thing. One, why did it take Durham so long to get this? I mean, this all happened oh, years ago. Um, But in the meantime, it's like, why are they letting him go? And I kind of wonder if they're willing to get rid of the Clintons, right? If Hillary keeps getting more attention, she won't go away. She's a problem. Bill's a problem. They've got numerous problems there. And and if this just might be, you know, the the Obama people who I think run the Biden White House saying, you know, that's just let's just go ahead and let this happen and, and, and shut her down permanently. I mean, but you don't really think that trucker, do you? I don't know what they'll do because I think, you know, they're, they're better off united than they are attacking each other. But if they can get, you know, apparently they're getting more and more cooperation with the grand jury. So who knows what's happening? Um, and it'll be interesting to see what the next shoe is to fall. Um, yeah, well, really- yeah, I, it, I think, as you said, I mean, as as more information comes out, then then all of a sudden people start realizing, OK, well, I'm the one hanging right now. And am I going to hang by myself? Um, Am I going to give up the I mean, that's the way it works, right? You give up the person up the chain. Um, I suspect this goes all the way up the chain. And by all the way up the chain, I mean, all the way up the chain to Hillary Clinton and all the way up the chain to Barack Obama um, and all of their legal advisors, because, 
you're a lawyer, right? That's just say I'm Hillary Clinton. And I say, hey, I've got this idea, this whole Russia thing. My, my emails are coming out. I'm going to look really bad in WikiLeaks. And so I have this idea that I'm going to blame the Russians. And then we're going to make all this stuff up about Donald Trump. And we're going to feed it to the media. And we're going to hack into the White House. And we're going to hack into his computers. If you're her lawyer, wouldn't you be somewhat obligated to say, well, there might be, a, just so you know, the dangers there, there could be a problem with that, Hillary. Oh, God, no. I mean, you know, because they were going to win the election. So as long as they won the election, everything would have been hidden. I mean, they weren't about to lose that election. I mean, it was impossible for them to lose the election. But I mean, before that, at some point when they're talking this plan over, if you're I mean, I'm sure her campaign had legal advisors. Barack Obama had legal advisors. You'd think that one of them would have pointed out the potential the potential legal implications of. Of course, that's why that's why they had that phony January 6th meeting in in which is recorded that, you know, do everything by the book. You know, I'm not instructing you to do anything. I'm not telling you not to do anything. I'm just telling you to do it by the book. Well, that's because somebody had warned them, hey, you know, this is this is not by the book. <laughs> yeah, this, none of this crap is by the book. Um, the only reason that you say something is by the book if, is if you know that people might have a reason to wonder if it was actually yeah, by, is the that book, by the right? book. Uh, <laughs> which book that is? I mean, who knows? Yeah, yeah really. <laughs> the Hillary Clinton campaign dark operative strategy. Hey, um, so, Thomas, I don't know. Uh, we were going to get Jules Gray at 3.30. Um, Jules, if you're on Zoom, go ahead and um, turn your camera on and unmute yourself. And Thomas, why don't you try giving her? Yeah, go ahead and try giving her a call too. Um, Cause she may be waiting. Oh, she's joining now. Perfect timing. Um, we'll wait for her to get in. Sometimes guys on zoom, we don't always see everybody up there just so you know. So always, if you want to comment, I've noticed that when people turn on their cameras and turn their mics on, they pop in so we can do that. So there is here, Jules, Jules, Jules. Gray. Welcome to the Chuck and Julie show. Jules Gray is one of the exciting young voices in in Adams County politics. And I certainly know her from the Adams County executive meeting. And she's running for our new CD8. And and I think there are a lot of good candidates. And and Jules is, is one of those. So welcome, Jules. Thank you so much for having me, you guys. It's truly an honor to be on your show. I've been a longtime listener. So this is a real treat for me. Oh, goodness. Thank you. Yeah. And I met Jules. You know, there's a women's, a Republican women's group that I go to at Cindy Green's house. She does a great job there. And you were, I'm going to give you some credit here. One of the, not one of, but the first candidate to start showing up and to start talking to people and and getting your message out. Um, And I'm going to, you know, you were one, it was back then we were talking about schools and kids and stuff. And I mean, I will say this, I mean, you wowed the people, the women and the moms who were at that group. So you, you, well, Julie, why don't you tell people a little about your own background. Sure. Thank you, Julie. Yeah. That, that was back when we were, were working on the, uh, the school board races at the time. So right. education was a hot topic. And actually as a mom myself, that's how I got involved in politics is I was seeing how my children were being affected in schools with critical race theory and all of this woke culture that has in, uh, just infiltrated our classrooms. And I'm, just not okay with it. So um, that that was a driving force for sure. And I spoke at several school board meetings last year. My kids are in DPS, so that was a challenge. And I just went completely ignored. And that lit a fire under me. So um, yeah, I was the first to announce my candidacy in last July. And I've been working laser focused on this seat ever since. Well, that's actually, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about your background? Um, and, and Charlene is saying mama bears make the best politicians. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so that's right. There's a lot of pissed off parents out there. So, yeah, and I keep seeing that everywhere where people are just fired up. You know, unfortunately, I think a lot of us have just been um, a little complacent, right, in politics. We've been working on our businesses. We've been raising our kids, living our lives. And I just hope it's not too late for us to get involved and finally take things back in our own hands. But yeah, my background, I actually grew up in California, in northern conservative California, a very <laughs> small town of about 3,000 people. It, it's very rural out there. And so, um, you know, I always joke that my high school was nicknamed Cow Pie High because <laughs> We were out in the middle of nowhere. And so I always wanted to, you know, like a lot of people, they want to leave the small town that they grow up in and move to the big city. And uh, my path took me to brought me to Denver to go to art school. And 
after about nine months of that, I thought it was a joke. I thought it was expensive. So I actually dropped out and started working in the music business. And I was a production manager for about six, eight, six years. And I toured and I worked at all the venues around town uh, with a lot of people. I've worked with some really, really big names. And it was a very cool job. I absolutely loved it. But it, it didn't pay the bills. As well as I would have liked it to. Plus, you know, I'm the arty type, if you couldn't tell by my hair, and wanting Mm -hmm. to go to art school. So I wanted to get back to being an artist. And so um, I left the music business. We started a photography business. So I've been doing that now 16 years. And I have a full studio and a full staff. I shoot weddings and portraits. And that camera has taken me around the world. And had I known it was going to do that, maybe I would have done it sooner in my life because I do love to travel. But uh, it's such a rewarding job and business. And it's about 80% business and about 20% photography. So had I known that, (laughs) um, maybe I would have chosen something different. But I really do love it. And, And it's rewarding. And I get to spend some of the happiest days with people's lives with them. And they're all surrounded by their best friends and families. And I get to shoot in these beautiful locations. And so it's really been a rewarding, a rewarding job. But I got involved in politics about a year ago because I was tired of watching the destruction of our country, seeing how my kids were being affected in school. And I just decided I couldn't sit around and complain about things anymore. And I needed to do something about it. I'm very much a doer. I'm the oldest of six kids. And so I've always been the boss growing up. And uh, that's I'm the oldest of five. So I think I I support you in that. (laughs) So, you know, you know, we run the show. And and so that's all, you know, I've been in management and like running my own business and everything. So, yeah, it's time for me to do something. What? Where do you you fit in on on the uh, in in the Republican Party? One of your opponents, Barbara Kirkmeyer, um, is, I'd say, anti-Trump. She's not much of a Trump fan. Um, Lori Sane is very much of a Trump fan, very much believes in his, his uh, running and, and his policies. Where, where do you see yourself in that, in that continuum? Yeah, in that regard, you know, I'm very America first. And as a business person, I've always admired Trump and, and the things that he's done over the course of his life. I've actually been following him since I was a kid. And so I thought it, I thought it was a great idea that he would run for president. And actually, look, I know he's very polarizing in the Republican Party and if not the world itself and society. But I, lo- I look at what he did when he was a president and he did a lot of great things for our country. You know, a lot of people are like, well, I just wish he would have kept his mouth shut and mean tweets and all of this, which I, I kind of agree with. But at the same time, people are tired of politicians and they're tired of sugarcoating everything and he told it like it is and i can appreciate that because i'm very much like that myself well what are what are, what are the main plat- planks that you're running on well education number one okay. absolutely that um freedom number two because without that you know we have nothing as a country and this is the greatest country ever imagined in the history of the earth so uh, you know, I very much stand with protecting the Constitution, and I believe in the land of opportunity and equality over equity and all the great things that make this America. So, um, you know, I, I'm very much as a small business owner myself, I think we need to support our small businesses, yeah. and cut taxes and regulations so that we small business owners can run our businesses and thrive because we are the backbone of this country. Absolutely. Let me ask you, and I know this is sort of a softball question, but you know, our friend Tom Tancredo, former congressman, um, was a teacher and he went there and he said he had these great ideas. And, um, and he said, then you get there and he said the power plays that go on in the swamp, just it's, it's so difficult not to be sucked in. And then he was not, but then, you know, they worked really hard to get him unelected. I, I think a fear that people have as, as voters, at least that I have as a voter, mm-hmm. you know, you see people like Marjorie Taylor Greene, who I've heard speak, and I think she's great. Right. And she just says, I don't care that AOC doesn't like me, right? And you've got Lauren Boebert, who's like, I don't care that, you know, Democrat operatives say mean things about me. Mm-hmm. But as a voter, I worry that you, I mean, that's hard to withstand that kind of drumbeat of negativity, that drumbeat of controversy. And I think I worry that whoever we send there, it's just so easy to get sucked in and say, well, I'm just going to compromise here because I want to get this there. I mean, how do you see yourself, I guess, 
staying true to what you, and I don't mean to say this disparagingly, but it's just, it's a whole different environment. How do you see yourself staying yourself in that environment? I absolutely love this question because first of all, you have to have thick skin to do this job without a doubt. And I absolutely do. Um, Especially working in the music business as in the minority as a woman, first of all, but then also, um, you know, I love to use this example and it, 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 I've always come back to my hair, right? I have purple hair. A lot of politicians don't have purple hair, if any. Okay. So when I first got involved, I heard a lot of Republicans say that I should change my hair because it's not very, um, Conservative. It's not very accepted. People are going to take you seriously, blah, blah, blah. And I just looked at it and I said, I've had this hair for 10 years. Why would I change it now? If I were to do that, what would that say about me? I'm not going to conform. So I'm going to use that attitude when I get to Washington. Okay. Okay. What what about money? Yeah, Um, they all... (laughs) Mother's um, milk of politics. Yeah, the mother's milk of politics. How is your campaigning going? Um, how do you? I, I get, well, let me back up. I, I know we don't want to talk about other candidates, but I don't think there has been a forefront Democrat candidate kind of emerge. Oh, and I use that term lately, <laughs> totally. But I mean, when if and when? Well, they will, sooner or later they will, and there'll be money thrown their way. How how is do you see the money shape in the race, and how are you doing? Well, you know, like everybody else in this race, I'm not a politician or unlike anyone ever, unlike everyone else. I'm not a politician. Therefore, I don't have donor networks set up. I don't have people in my back pocket. I'm not connected to all of these wonderful political groups. So fundraising has been probably our number one challenge, but we have money coming in. And and more importantly, instead of how much money we're raising, I think it's more important to look at how we're spending it. Are we doing it responsibly? Are we doing it effectively? And as a small business owner, I very much know about budgets. And so that has been more of a focus. Um, and I know the that one, when the one advantage there, you have, I think, is that if you um, get through the primary um, and are the candidate, you know, there's, there'll be no lack of money for your campaign. The Republican yeah. Uh, groups and the RNCC and everything else will very sure. much want to take the 8th District. So you just have to make it through the primary and if you can make it through there, I think all the money will come to you. Right, and, and that's what we're focusing on. Maybe not so much as the um, more traditional ways of marketing, but again, as a small business owner, I know marketing. And so yeah. I'm looking to appeal to those younger voters and um, getting them involved, of course, and, and so we're doing things that are like I said, a little more non-traditional. Have you had any debates or forums where you've you've, uh, debated your opponents? Not yet. We have one coming up on March 3rd with the Bald County Republican Women's in Fort Lupton, which I'm very much looking forward to. Okay. Um, And you're going the caucus route, right? To get on the ballot? I'm actually doing both. I'm going through caucus, and then we are actually um, getting signatures as a backup, I believe, in being prepared. My dad was a Boy Scout leader and with five <laughs> brothers. That's I grew up more of a Boy Scout than a Girl Scout. I mean, yes, I sold cookies too, but uh, you know, I, I love camping. <laughs> so being prepared, right? That's okay. my plan B. I always have a plan B. All right. You know, let me tell you a brief aside. I want to say, give a shout out to, so the other day there was a Girl Scout, they were selling cookies right outside there's a, there's like a liquor store and then there's a grocery store there. Right. And I was visiting both. And, but I happened to come out of the liquor store and I had like a bottle of vodka and I set it <laughs> on the ground, but I'm buying Girl Scout cookies. And some guy was like, I'm going to take a picture of that and tweet it. And I'm like, no, no. And he's like, you've got all the food groups covered. Um, so <laughs> that's just nothing to do with anything, but wash well, your cookies you- down with vodka. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, Jules, let me ask you this again for people where, where, if they want to find out more about you or donate or find out about your events, where can they go? Yeah. So of course I'm on all the social media platforms, but the best place is my website, which is Jules for Colorado. And I spell my name J E W E L S Jules for Colorado.com. Okay. Chuck, anything else from you? Well, I just want, do you have a campaign manager? I don't at the moment. I'm just doing it myself. You know, it's a great way to save money on our campaign. And then, (laughs) you know, like everything in my life, it's been sort of, I'll just do it myself because I know it'll get done and it'll get done the right way. 
There you go. Oh, well, you know what? I need to give you a compliment then because I'm on your mailing list and I see your events. You would not know that you, you're doing a great job as being a campaign manager. I mean, thank you. It, I mean, it is. It's all out there. I didn't, didn't, if you were to say to me, I would say, okay, somebody professional who does this for a living is doing it, not just the candidate. That, herself. that art background comes in. Handy. That's that art background, <laughs> business, management, marketing, organization. I live by a color coded calendar. And I always <laughs> joke that I have two full time jobs right now, which is true. It I don't is- sleep much, but it's worth it. All right. All right. Well, Jules, <laughs> thanks so much for coming on. And best of Thank luck. you so much for having yeah, me, you guys. We'll have you back, too. All right. Thank, thank you. you. All right. Jules Gray. Um, and again, so folks who want to look at her, it's J-E-W-E-L-S. Um, we've got the, um, this is from Dr. Donna. Kevin Lugenberg told me years ago, oh, that the smaller seats anyway ought not to be paying a manager. And Charlene, yes, she is getting the word out. She is doing, I'm a surprise. You know, she's doing a great job at getting the word. I get emails and texts and tweets from her all the time. Um, Leo, (laughs) Julie, vodka and Samoas sounds like party Friday. (laughs) We could, although tragically, Leo, someone ate the Samoas. (laughs) That would be me. I don't think Chuck even told you where they were no, so we'll, have to, <laughs> we'll have to get some more we'll have to get some more there you go she's doing a good job and i think you know as we've said before Lori sane is up um we like Lori sane too barb kirkmeyer we've had her on the show before i think she is kind of the establishment candidate so i mean yeah. i'm in cd8 i would not be voting for her the democrats and Chuck, you know more about this than me really um and anil he's the chairperson of the republican party cd8 um i don't um, I don't think there is a, a forerunner or particularly um, visible Democrat candidate, is there? I haven't heard, you know, that you've got for seven, um, you've got the uh, heroin t- queen, and she'll be a very right. formidable candidate. Um, but I have not heard of, of, of who the Democratic ones are. Uh, they're undoubtedly out there, and they've undoubtedly, but I don't think right. there's one that everybody goes, oh, yeah, that one's the one. Well, that- it doesn't seem to be. And I think you're right in CD seven um, and you're talking about Brittany Pedersen, right? The right. Uh, safe heroin injection site person who's married to Ian Silveri, who's like, you know, Democrat operative, extremely progressive. Um, and why the Democrats. You shouldn't use the Democrats word of safe heroin injection. Sites. Well, all right. You're right. Just heroin <laughs> injection sites. You're right. You're right on that. But but it's very clear when she announced immediately all kinds of people, notable Republicans, including Democrats, rather, yeah. everybody came out in support of her. It's clear that she was the designated heir to that. And there I may be a designated Democrat heir coming up, but it, you think they be. would have announced by now. You, you would think that, too. Um, but back to what Jules was doing, I think it's smart of her to go both the um, – the caucus and the petition route. That's not cheap though, going the petition. Although maybe just in CD8, it would be doable. Well, it's only, you know, it, it's surprising how few you have to get. You only have to get 1,500 signatures, apparently, I've been told, uh, for a congressional um, seat. And that's really not that many. I mean, it's, it's yeah. not none, but it's not like 20,000 or something where you've got to right. really hire outside people. So, you know, Jules sounds like she has her act together and getting 1,500 signatures certainly is not impossible. No. So um, let me see. we got some other. I have to keep putting on my glasses there. Um, are they also adding crack pipes to those sites? Yes, that would be the free crack pipes they're yes, added. Yes. <laughs> and Charlie, that's right. Can't be using the Dems terminology. Today was non-evasion day. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's right. Hey, we just have a couple minutes left, too. One, one thing that we're jumping on and I want to get on people's radar is the uh, Douglas County school board situation. You know, you've seen the stuff, the teachers union attacking them for firing the superintendent who wouldn't work with them. Um, and now they're hiring a new superintendent and the, the walkouts and all of that stuff going on there in Douglas County. Keep in mind, whenever you hear stuff and read stuff, that that is a battleground state and the teachers union have pulled out all the stops. I was having lunch with a friend who's in Douglas County. I didn't realize that, but 25% of the students in Douglas County um, are, are at charter schools. So the charter schools are a real threat to the teachers union down there. Well, they, they went through everything for, for school choice and vouchers. And then, you know, the board got overturned. So, um, you know, Patrick Neville has said they just need to go bold. They need to go right, right. out and, and do well, the vouchers and, one and everything thing that else. Happened, 
the teachers union, they're not backing down. Um, today, this is kind of all over the media and you might see it out there. And I'm just asking everybody, keep an open mind, but keep a skeptical mind about this. Somebody put these letters, mean teacher letters on all the teachers' cars at one of the Douglas County high schools saying, teachers are bad. Your unions are bad, 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 right? Um, and everyone's tweeting, oh my God, that's so mean. Even some media people, well, Kyle Clark, of course, but kind of like, oh, they shouldn't be doing that. Well, I'm just going to say, I don't know. Can you say noose in the uh, NASCAR garage? Can you say Jesse Smollett? I mean, I'm looking at this letter and I'm like, okay, so wait a minute. You're telling me that somebody was able to wander around the teacher's parking area of a high school, a public high school parking lot, and no one noticed somebody sticking all these letters underneath the windshield wipers. And there were no surveillance cameras of outside the school or anything like that. Maybe it's true that it's a disgruntled parent, which is what they're pushing. I just find it coincidental that it shows up the day after the board releases the guidelines and the outlines for the procedure to hire a new superintendent. Well, and they um, filed this whole exact same scorecard in, in Jefferson County, and they were successful right. with it. They just endlessly give you grief. Um, and then the trouble is a lot of the people who should support you, like like Stephen Tubbs and Peter Boyles, you know, jump on the unionized teacher wagon and and push it even further. So it's it's really annoying. I mean, I, you know, I mean, I was looking at the at the tweets of some of the people who were tweeting out the pictures, and this is just a little hint, okay? Who were tweeting out the pictures of this mean letter and were attacking the uh, the the school choice people, right? And the the new school board, and all of them are extremely all their previous posts extremely pro union. Yeah. So I'm thinking to myself, hmm, like Charlene says, false flag. I don't know. I hope somebody down there figures it out because I think it'd be pretty easy to figure it out. I think it's going to end up being the Lincoln Project people with a bunch of khaki tiki torch people, you know, or maybe it's FBI. It's the FBI doing it. Or maybe um, it's the Republican establishment. <laughs> yeah. So just because I think you're going to be seeing that story out there and watching stuff come in. I just urge everybody just be skeptical um, because we know the left does not hesitate to do these fake stories to rile their base up, to outrage people. And then, like you said, get get cowardly Republicans to denounce it rather than say, well, who did it in the first place? So just something we'll be keeping an eye on. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. All right. Well, well it looks like our time is up. Um, I want to say thank you to Jules. Thank you to everybody on Zoom, everybody who downloads our shows on Rumble, Substack, we're on Substack too, and Podbean. And as always, Doug, Don, and Thomas at uh, BBS Radio. Party Friday. We will see you all then. It's coming up. Vodka and Girl Scout cookies. (laughs) All right. Bye, everybody.